Hello and welcome to my podcast. My name is Ali Hart and you're listening to How to Build a Creative Business in a Noisy World. We all know what it's like. It's not easy and you are fortunate enough to have stumbled across my podcast or maybe you're a regular listener. It's very easy to subscribe if you'd like to follow along, but you're now listening to my series which follows different creatives, um, all different paths from photographers to illustrators to weavers to jewellery makers, sharing their story and inspiring you. So enjoy and thank you for listening. Okay, so this is the second in my creative interviews with creatives, fellow creatives that I'm very excited to share with you. Um, The thing that I'm loving at the minute is that people who are not necessarily creatives also listen to the podcast and they will be so excited about, like I didn't, I forgot my notebook, that's where Danielle and I have started today, but um, in my notebook I think I had close to like 50 people who at my fingertips I can get to interview, which is very exciting. So even if you're not a creative, you can get to know about people who are making big moves in Northern Ireland, especially and far. So today I have Danielle Flaxfox. Hi, Danielle. Hello, Ali. It is so good to be here. I have totally landed in um, to Danielle's uh, kitchen space. So it is great to be able to speak to you. And hopefully, even though my notebook's not here, we've kind of gone through the format. We'll be fine. Yeah, we'll cope. So the way it's going to run is a little bit about your story um, and just like kind of how you got here to where you are. Um, as an artist and an illustrator and you can probably say that the way that you want to say it in a second or two yeah, yeah. but um, after the story then we've got a little bit of personal you can do as little or as much as you want um, but Danielle's also a mom of three so um, yeah we always just anytime we see each other we just understand that it can be a little bit chaotic building a business around children and then we're just going to discuss a little bit about materials and business the practical stuff and then how you can inspire which you're going to do from start to finish anyway thank you Ellie for yeah. the lovely introduction <laughs> yeah, I like to ham it up so do you want to say in a few succinct sentences what it is that you do who you are whatever way you want to sell it to for someone who has never heard about Flaxbox before okay so my name is Daniel Morgan I am a self-taught artist um, I illustrate hand-drawn um sorry hand-drawn illustrations of buildings and landmarks um in northern ireland um i started around 2010 okay and i was actually quite lucky to start with someone else right i didn't start by myself yeah because i'm self-taught i didn't go to art college Mm -hmm. um looking back i had the benefit of working in quite a few businesses before i did become self self-employed as an artist so my backstory is i always loved art uh-huh. absolutely loved art that was my passion and my mum and dad decided that it probably wouldn't be the best idea to go to art college yeah because let's face it who knows yeah, what sort of jobs yeah yeah so um i went to Coleraine university instead okay don't regret it for a second what did you study there? I studied media and history. Okay. But had a great time. Yeah. Still under the creative umbrella, I would say. Mm, slightly. Okay. Slightly. But I do remember it's having that gut feeling inside that you know that you're not doing the right thing. Okay. If anybody is creative out there or if anybody has went down a different path, 
obviously finances, having a good job, getting a mortgage, all the sort of yeah. box ticking exercises that you have to do, they are important. But I kept going back to this feeling that I had in my stomach. Okay. I knew I was doing the wrong thing. Yeah. And I explored that option quite a few times whenever I was at university. Um, I remember seeing on the bottom floor of Coleraine that there was this huge art department and my eyes nearly fell out of my head. I was yeah. like, oh my goodness, they have an art room in the university. Was that like the, T- the PGC That's, one? Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, yeah. So the advice was to go to art college or whatever. But whenever I got my degree, um, I did do a foundation art course in Limavati. Ah, great. I loved my foundation. Loved and Limavati was, is still one of those really strong ones. It's still going, yeah? Brilliant teachers, yeah, very, brilliant yeah. direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to explore screen printing. I can remember exploring Photoshop there and absolutely hating it. I'm uh-huh. just thinking, it's not, not for a me. chance, yeah. not a chance, no way. Anything digital, absolutely not. But um, I was meant to go to Trinity, or not Trinity, sorry, NCID in Dublin. Ah, brilliant, yeah. To do textiles. Um, but at that stage, just couldn't afford the extra so fees. So textiles? Textiles, okay. yeah. Right. I'm not sure if it's the same for you, Ali, but whenever you go to our college, maybe people see something in you and they say, oh, you're a painter Mm -hmm. or you're this or you're that. You're going on experience of older people. Yeah. You know, in my eyes, when you're 19 to 22, 23, you have so much more to still explore. I know. It's hard to be pigeonholed. Yeah. Who you are. But at the same time, you do have to pick something and run with it. Yeah. So Um, you did your degree and then did a foundation. Brilliant. So you knew that early on that you wanted to do? Again, it's something that I could never say out loud to anybody else, but it was something that was inside of me for a very, very, very long time. time. Because the thing is as well, the first question that people's going to ask, well, what are you going to be? Either an artist or an art teacher? Yeah. When you finally do make it into the art world in whatever shape that may be, you come across all these other industries and you come across all these other people that have their own little journeys of how they got to where they were. Yeah. I thought I wanted to be a teacher, but I was refused PGCE. Like, and that was, that's one of those things where I was already running workshops when I was 16 and it was kind of like a given, it felt like, but I was refused, but it was the best refusal ever. But your teacher Because then the next, like the next day I went in and a tutor said to me, let me see your portfolio. And I showed it to him and obviously it was like wacky, you know, performance stuff and sculpture and he was like, this is more so to a master's. You should go and apply for that. So I did. But you are teaching? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Is... There's always like an educational side of it. Yeah. You but know? it's a much more relaxed. And like my husband, he's a teacher and he loves the school environment. Like it's just not me. Yeah. I can't live by the bell. So that leads on to my other point as well. Yeah. That whenever you do eventually, maybe in some way, make a living for yourself being an artist or being a creative, or whatever that may be, it's a personality trait mm-hmm. I sometimes find. It was, um, I feel I had a lot of benefit working in companies because I was able to really take in how do they manufacture? Yeah. How do they... So what type of companies? Do you mean product? Products? So, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. Yeah, there. no, that's so okay. my next steps were after Limavati, um, and I got accepted into NCID and I was delighted that I got accepted. Yeah. But at the same time, the finances were basically the ruling factor. And I thought, okay, I need to get a job. And I can remember just opening up the Belfast Telegraph, going to the job section. I don't know how many times I did this. Yeah. Dying to find some sort of magic, some anything that mentioned creativity, creativity yeah. design, something that was just not the 
managers, yeah. sales assistant, things like that. And luckily I did come across some, this one ad for Douglas and Graham. Okay. Douglas oh, and Graham. my sister-in-law worked for them. Yeah. It's the clothing company. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The men's clothing, isn't men's it? Men's clothing, yeah. yeah. And they have a few brands called Ramasumo. Yeah. Douglas the Business. Um, and I spent four and a half years there. Okay. And I started as a pattern room assistant on a basic wage of whatever. It was ten and a half grand or something okay. like that. And it's important to talk about money. We will move on to this because yeah. I think that's a really important thing. But at that stage, whenever I was 23, I thought, okay, I'm ready to start earning money. But I seen these women maybe 15 years above me. Okay. Scooting about with their suitcases. Um, and I just thought, okay, what are they doing? I was always looking above to go, okay, if I'm here, yeah, where I can like I move in the next four or five, six years? Okay. And, um, and I learned there the reality of a creative business is not 100% creativity. Yeah. It's 85, maybe 90% business mm-hmm. and 10% creativity. Hence, I have a, a virtual assistant now. I can't do it. The business side is just so hard. That is the biggest, yeah. biggest, trickiest bit. Ah, so, oh, sorry. I was going to introduce the fact that you, like me, keep popping out sprogs. That's another thing with the business. You're trying <laughs> exactly. to work it around them. But sorry, right. So you, you were in Douglas and Graham. And um, that's where I learned the basics of manufacturing. Okay, Reproducing one creative idea mm-hmm. and making multiples of it. Okay. So, um, brilliant. what I would like to say to anybody who's even thinking about entering into the creative industries in any shape or form, or maybe they're even there at the minute, mm-hmm. is if you are working or you do have a part-time job or you're working full-time for someone, take in everything yeah because that, that's already a successful running business agreed and I even me with my I was a waitress for like 11 years and like even cleaning toilet like I think jobs wherever you're in especially if you're going out on your own like all of that is customer service as you say is watching how things get from A to B you know systems yeah. all the boring mm-hmm. stuff that basically is not glamorous yep it's um it is the nuts and bolts of a basic business yeah because essentially you're self-employed. It's learning the tools of the trade of being yeah. self-employed, but you take that with your talent or whatever it is that you want to create. Yeah. So that's the biggest takeaway that I still to this day, I'm actually glad I've had the journey that I've had yeah. um, because I've had that ground and that business background. And who was it then that you went out and you started a business with then? Or you started, did you start Flax so, Fox with someone? I started Flax Fox okay. with someone. So children are usually the main reason why there's a big change in your life. Yeah. We had Noah whenever we were 24, okay. 23. Um, we were tra- so around this time you were in Douglas and Graham? I was working okay. for Douglas and Graham and I was traveling quite a bit. Okay. And um, I decided... Oh yeah, because they had big trips to China and all different places. Or Turkey, all over Turkey. Okay. PV in Paris, things like that. Brilliant. So um, we, I, I decided, right, well, then Noah and I will travel ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we took Noah around Australia. Brilliant. So we took ourselves off for seven, eight months. I think I talked to you about this before, yeah. So this big um, challenge, this big change was where we stayed in Melbourne with Ben's cousin, Bridget. Okay. Bridget Farmer right. is an amazingly talented, exceptional artist. She is amazing. And um, her mum, Sue, and her brother, William, they have the Bay Tree in Hollywood. Okay. So um, I, whenever I was in Melbourne, I was able to see how all these artists were making a very successful living for themselves. Mm-hmm. There was none of this 
oh, is this your hobby? Is yes. this a part-time job? Is That's this why I started this job? podcast because there's so many people doing it as hobbies. We were like, no, no, no. This is like people who step outside of that. The, yep. And Melbourne, I imagine, is totally full of it. Because Friends the, the city house. promotes it. Exactly. It's part of the culture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but these artists were making like jewellery makers, painters, mm-hmm. you name it, printmakers. And I seen how Bridget being a woman was able to travel and be self-sufficient no matter where she was in the world. Okay. Purely through her creativity. Her practice, right. And that just sparked, that had fireworks going off in my head. I thought, oh my goodness, you you, you could do this. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. So whenever we went back to Belfast, Bridget luckily was coming home for two years. Okay. And I took up a course in the Belfast Print Workshop. And this is another thing to note I think for anyone and regardless whether it's maybe creativity maybe it's fitness maybe it's food no matter what your interest is taking courses and taking classes are a brilliant way to really properly figure out could I do this for a living am I could I do this every single day Mm -hmm. because that's what you do you have to do whenever it is your full-time job yeah and also to and just educating yourself and community yeah absolutely who you meet the circles that you start, um, you know, socialising in, yeah. that's the biggest difference. Brilliant. Because sometimes when you're in your regular little circle and you've got the ideas, you haven't made the transition yet. The biggest thing for me is meeting the people who are already doing what you possibly might want to do. Yeah. So you started the print and Bridget, Bridget, you said her name was Bridget, yeah. Bridget was home. And is that who you started up? The- yes. So okay. Bridget and I were like, okay, put our heads together. Um, I had joined the Belfast Print Workshop. You had a baby at this stage? Noah was four. <laughs> four, okay. He was four at this stage. And we were chatting because being in Melbourne, seeing how, realising how amazing Northern Ireland is and that's the other thing about travel when you do travel away you think what we have on our doorstep you're 30 minutes from any beach we've got castles coming out of our ears yeah we've got all these old buildings that are are what thousands of years old yeah you go to these other countries like America and Melbourne Mm -hmm. or whatever and um Yes, they're sunny, but we have character, we've got charisma, and we've got so much talent here. Mm-hmm. So I've seen a gap in the market, okay. basically. Um, at that stage, Bridget was doing a lot of the drawings, and we were printing in the Belfast Print Workshop, and I put my business head Brilliant. with her, and then we just hit the hit the floor running, really. That's really exciting. And that was, okay, so then so she had an idea of how a business works. Your husband is also a creative, is that right? Yes. At that stage, he was working for his mum and dad. Okay in their then restaurant Nick's Warehouse. Okay. Um, the other side of the story is that we were in a lot of debt. So I started the business, uh-huh. um, £10,000 worth of debt. Yeah. We'd rented out our house. We were living with Ben's parents. Uh-huh. We had a child. So when you think of the smartest way of starting yeah. a business, that on paper wouldn't have been the best. But isn't it amazing though? Like, Because that's the thing with me too. You know, people say, oh, you've totally nailed this. You've totally... You're like, no, I started on the back foot. Like we... I'd worked as like a... Um, childminder I worked as um, I worked I specialized in autism so I worked with like autistic children like I did all these things just grappling to get by each month and then the more children you have the more outgoings you have and it is that thing of sometimes though I actually think when you're you know that I know not to be to dramatize the both of us but like when you're in the gutter you can only look at the stars like whenever you're well down like even last July I had this like a terrible month 
um, like ever and financially, but like um, just it was just a really low time, and it was one of those things. Where I had to speak to a guy, and he's like big multimillionaire guy, but he was like, the only way is up now. Like he can, and it was amazing. Literally, August was like couldn't have been better. And it is, I think, sometimes that fire in your belly only comes whenever you're like, how do I make this work? Rather than oh, I can faff about here. And the nice thing is, I'm gradually moving up a girl processes them for me. I still do every now and then, but Nassine does those for me. And they're becoming more of like a sort of separate, you know, the print bit is is its own identity. Mm-hmm. Whereas you clearly had an idea of how that was going to work from the beginning. You know, mass, not mass production, but that idea of like homeware and repetition of an image and getting the clear lines. And so that's really exciting. I think sometimes when opportunities come along, it's a little bit like building blocks. So you come over or you, you take on one hurdle as yeah. in being in the Belfast Print Workshop, learning how to screen print. So therefore I had an understanding when it did come to prints mm-hmm. or it did come to maybe doing the T-tolls um, or anything that has a textile print. I had a good understanding then of okay. how things work. Yeah. Also the costs involved, I know. you know, because it's nearly a full-time job doing all that research, yeah. finding the suppliers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why a lot of people don't do it. Yes. They don't do it because it I'm buying money. in big, buying in big to start with and knowing exactly. you have to shift it, you know, like it's a fear I have to. But you pick one thing, yeah. you pick one thing. Once you've established your customer base, once mm-hmm. you've seen a demand, it's almost like every single one of my customers are really, really important. Yeah. Um, and yes, volume's great. But every time somebody buys the Caricarade design because they have a relative over from America mm-hmm. who's absolutely petrified of heights yeah. and thought it was funny to get her to cross the Caricarade yeah. and there's a picture of her standing on the Caricarade bridge. Mm-hmm. These are all stories that connect me with my customers. Agreed, yeah. And I talk about that. So I noticed you um, talk about memorable places, you yeah. know, or like there's a, like a quite a nice tagline you have. And same with me. It's like that idea of, that you can make the stuff, but it's the person that buys it and that like story and connections like really beautiful. And the fact I always think someone takes the time to share that with you. Yeah. And that is also the secret sauce, really, of when you are creating something. Yeah. And um, sometimes I have and I have done this in the past where yeah, you need money or you're thinking, Oh my goodness, right, I'll do this or I'll do that. If you don't see the demand and you you don't see the longevity in it. Nine times out of ten, it's probably going to fail. Yeah, yeah. Because we just rearranged actually my online shop as well to try and get like our top ten on there because they're just like there might be hundred and twenty products on there, but there's really ten to twenty that are. I don't know where it comes from. We're actually trying to track that too. You know, you're saying about being yeah. aware. So you've discussed a little bit about materials there, and I was just, and then about mass production things. Tell me um about the so it's on our list. You know, to approach airports and things like that for me and my work, but. I well, our work sometimes gets mixed up. I yeah, always yeah, talk no, about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's so funny because, like, I guess for us, we're like, I feel like we're so different. Yeah, but from like, I guess it's Koreans as well. So in terms of the airports and things like that, like, how is that for you? Um, is that like, do you? How does that connection start? So people are looking at like collaborations. For me, I think are very key. Like I had one there, in the Royal Victoria Hospital alongside a charity big paint thing um and it's in the pediatrics unit but like collaborations are just such you're talking about community and I think they're key to growing and I talk about that in another podcast so tell me about the airports or different places where you stock your pieces that are exciting for you 
airport and the wholesale side has always been a very strong um, part of my business. Mm-hmm. If I'm uh, truthful, always more than 50%. Right. And it goes back to my experience in Douglas and Graham. Okay. That relationship with retailers, you have to understand their language. Yes. You have to understand what they're looking for. They want simplicity. They want clear pricing. They want minimum orders. It's once you get on a level, sometimes you have to remove yourself as being the artist and the creator. Yeah. You have to put your other hat on. Yeah. And quite a lot of the time, this is what I find. Ego is what drives an artist to create. Mm -hmm. Not all the time, but you have to have that. Yeah. You have to have that to sort of get yourself out there, you know, and express yourself. But at the same time as well, when you are dealing with somebody who really, okay, they like the design, but they see that there's a demand there, they're thinking of their customers. Yeah, exactly. You have to get on their level. Mm-hmm. You have to remove yourself from your own head to yeah. a certain degree and think, okay, that's a product. I think it's different with painting. Mm-hmm. And I can understand with huge, big paintings, they're one-offs. Yeah. Um, there's a different emotional um, experience whenever you are creating the painting. Yeah. As opposed to, creating products, products I believe yeah you know many times before um if you ever have to approach a retailer yeah. or if you're pitching an idea yeah um you need to have confidence I know but I had a few figures I had very good a few figures to back it up okay and they took a chance with me and I remember the very first um retailer that we um had a relationship with was the Belfast Welcome Centre okay and at the time whenever I was pitching a tea towel at 10 pounds and it wasn't linen it was a 10 pound cotton tea towel and they were just like absolutely no way that is too up market uh-huh. for our store yeah. at that time but I says well maybe that's the problem maybe that you there, there should be another option mm-hmm. you're still going to have your carols maybe four five six pound tea towel whatever yeah. it may be but having the other option there yeah. but I knew it would sell very good. Because it was already selling. Yeah. It was the same whenever I then approached the Titanic Centre. Mm-hmm. And and this is you on your own approaching. This isn't someone on your behalf. This is me, myself. Bridget and I. <laughs> and and also a note as well is that um Bridget went back to Australia in 2012 and she very, very kindly handed the business over to me and says, Danielle, you run with it. Brilliant, because right. her Bridget has books. Yeah. She's she is well, if you just need to Google Bridget Farmer okay. uh, printmaker. I'll put that on the um, show notes. So she is a very, very successful artist in Australia. So she does her own thing. So at that time this was I, I just took it and run with it. Yeah. You know, and um so that yeah, so that was again, it's like if you start off with one customer and you sell one product. Yeah. There's a similar formula yeah. of what you use with each customer, yeah. and it's the same with the wholesale customers. Brilliant. Yeah. They're looking for yeah. numbers. And I think sellers. as well, the more wholesale we have, um, which we actually, we, we were just doing a list of like a few in Dublin there we need to like approach. But um, but for me, you're saying about painting being different because to me, the commissions and paintings at the minute is just what's selling and that's all I've ever wanted. So it's funny how everything like moves and fits and starts. But on the wholesale front, I think what's happened now is their wholesalers are getting even clever at what their customers do want. Mm-hmm. So they come to you knowing. Yeah. You know, I think that's quite a nice relationship with wholesalers. But, well, in the past six or seven years, I believe here in Northern Ireland, um, the industry's changing. Yeah. So there is a demand. Um, whenever I started, maybe nine, ten years ago, um, there wasn't the same demand yeah. because it was very much like the big, the big 
retailers were dominating the high street yeah. whereas it's all completely different now you've got social media people like to connect and know who the artists are I know. how they work and that is fed through to the retailers yeah so it's a different landscape now yeah. um the biggest thing that i would say is um manage and wholesale again is a is another job it is well that's that leads me on i was gonna ask you so i have two girls that work for me now and then we're looking at christmas and last year i said this is my last year of doing markets where i stand all day because for me to get my kids to look looked after especially the likes of st george's or something which is like or like uh victoria square nine in the morning to nine at night like it was just it was just it was just really not feasible so i was like this is the last year i'm doing it um but they're all you always make, so they're long days, but there's always something really good about it. And I do like being there, but um, we noticed that you're good at like, so you have people that are there for you, but every now and then you sort of jump in, don't you? Yeah. yeah. So tell me how, how, who works for you now or what way, what, do you have a team? Do you have a team? So St. George's Market, that was the biggest and the hardest decision for me to make was right. to remove myself from the market. Yeah. This year I've completely removed myself from the okay. market because I have three children. Yeah. Um, but because I loved it so much and because I generated so many jobs from, from being yeah. front of the stall. But again, it is very much, do you see yourself doing this another another five years? Yeah. No, you'll be doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So I have to, again, learn to manage, which is a hard skill set uh, to Oh, do. manage uh, people? You have to manage people oh, gosh, and you have to yeah. manage the stall. So yeah. I go down on a Thursday okay. and I merchandise the stall, set it up for the Friday, Brilliant. go down on the Friday, set up for the Saturday. I have a team of Martha does the stall on okay. Friday with my very good friend Tia and Toast okay. there. Oh, yes, yes. Yes. So again, it's like she's another mom, mom of two. We've yeah. had her children at the same time. It's one of hers, the Vita. Yeah. I remember buying uh, like a few sides that sending them to the States as well and to Australia and whatever. Again, it's connecting with people who are on a similar similar mm-hmm. wavelength with you. I've learned an awful lot from Claire too. So um, we're neighbors. girls were in at the bottom. If you think about that, like we're in at the start. I mean, mm-hmm. like yeah, now yeah. it's it's a bit more vogue now to be like have a stall and to have your own. Whereas, like I remember those from so years ago, the both of you actually packaging up each yeah. other. And um, sleeping outside the market, that's a whole other story. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, so that's basically what I do. So I have uh, Lauren and Ellen. I do have a, a lovely team who um, are front of house, so to speak, okay. on the stall. And um, I, I have got a, a nice little system going at the minute because I now just focus on commissions yeah. and also the, the bigger jobs. And also this year in itself, for the first six months, this is the first time I've actually toned everything down. Yeah. Scaled everything down. Yeah. Because quite a lot, or what can happen quite a lot is you're a busy fool and know. you don't actually take stock of what's making you money I know. and how you're going to be the best value to your customers Agreed. Yeah. of producing your best work I know because like with me being away there I was away for five and a half weeks in the states and our four the big two were at camp for four weeks in a camp I worked at when I was 18 in upstate New York my husband worked there because it's like a if the parent works there the kids can go because it's a very expensive camp but it's brilliant outdoors no digital it's amazing kayaking swimming in the lake but I was traveling with the toddler and he was like, he was the demon. But I made sure that I painted every day. Mm-hmm. And I talked about this in one of my own podcasts there. Like it was a discipline that I knew my customers wanted. Mm-hmm. 
because mm-hmm. my customers want to see like me feeding off the energy or my whole theme is the importance of the everyday so I agree it's but it's maybe maybe it's because we're 10 years in I'm 10 years in you're 10 11 years in um of well you're a bit more in parenting but in business I think but also you have to do that manicness at the start do you agree on that like you know totally that thing I'm... of like I'm not going to get anywhere unless I just yeah craft and this is what I say to people as well that's how you learn you learn what works for you is Mm -hmm. by saying yes 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 to everything having your breakdowns when nobody else is looking and thinking how the hell am I going to put all this together yeah but that's how you learn and then once you've established everybody's monthly income is different as well like Uh what does it take for you to live comfortably Mm -hmm. what does it take for you to enjoy your life yeah because you can't live on fresh air, so mm-hmm. you have to marry the two. Yeah. And I might sound very, very, um, you know, when it comes to money and finances, but it was important that if you're going to leave a job that is financially secure yep. and you want to go follow, follow your passions, you have to make it viable. You have to, yeah. It's taken me a long time, a long time, to A, value my own, myself and my pain. Like, everything, I can always be, like, talked around, and I don't, I don't like that side of me, but I do think, like, um, your business head is brilliant it's really cool to hear about because I, I, it's taken me a while to get that but I know I have Gemma who works for me who comes with me to meetings and her etiquette in meetings is brilliant but that's because she's like worked as a PA and worked in state agency and she just doesn't faff about and she knows that my time is valuable even if I forget that but that again is brilliant and I think you're doing it the smart way because you are just focusing on the creativity yeah. and focusing on new painting and you know yourself that's what you want to do you want to create bigger paintings mm-hmm. but, you know and that's amazing you stay in that space and yeah. get everyone else to do all the other stuff that maybe you don't want and to do and people say you know like why would you put that output every week by our month every month but I think it's an investment from a business point of view it's like you with the girls at Stolt you could be there slogging it out but you're missing your family and if you can invest in those girls or their team then actually it grows and everything's business. in phases and yeah. this is I, I almost think it's like four year cycles mm-hmm. it's like little phases where you know you the first four years it's all it's really intense it's probably the most exciting mm-hmm. um I've never been so excited about earning 20 30 40 pounds in my life I know that was money that you had earned you're like yeah this is amazing and then you, you live differently you learn to cut back and whatever it may be yeah but then it comes a time as well when you grow so there'll be a lot of going forward five steps back, back yeah two to the side you know it, yeah. sometimes it's like what am I doing sometimes yeah. you question what you're or doing. even Christmas you know this year's this is the first Christmas and I'm embarrassed to say it this is the first Christmas out of strategy I always just like float into it and do whatever and I'm always like yeah that's great yeah whereas this year it's like no I need to start making because yeah. otherwise I have people coming to me last year being like I need but I didn't have it yeah and um, brilliant and then just to ask you a few things about so the local landmarks still obviously very much inspire you. Um, collaborations with local, well, like tell me about the the castles and yeah. So again, so you have these people working for you doing the stall, which is great. Allows you to do collaborations and big pieces. So explain those. T- to say yes to the jobs, the opportunities that come along, because mm-hmm. I'm sure you're probably the same. You probably get asked to do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Maybe some things that you're maybe not that fussed on. Um, I had a job with Hillsborough Castle, but that was from four years ago. Okay. Um, the same Deborah Toner. There's some lovely local artist makers there. Absolutely. Yeah. Very, very talented. I love Deborah Toner. If anybody's oh, she's listening. Great. She's great. She's on Toner. my hit list as well. Yeah, I have her. She's, just, she's just had a baby. I yeah. think, I think Deborah. I hope, hope everything's okay. But um, she is up in Hillsborough Castle as well. And again, it's having that particular clientele. Yeah. 
and that connection that follows on to another one. Mm-hmm. Um, I did another. So what does it look like visually? The big. Piece? Well, they had a brief. They had okay. a brief that they wanted two particular designs, and one was of Ireland mm-hmm. with all the landmarks, and it was a watercolor design. And then the same with Hillsborough Castle and Gardens itself. Okay. So I sold them the artwork and then they printed it onto their own tea towels, gift bags, mugs. Yeah. So that's one option. Yep. The other option is that then I... You do it. This is Johnson Castle. These. So we're I'm, just I'm pointing point- to a box which has lots of products in it, does it? Yeah. So that's Johnson Castle linen tea towels. So that's the other option that I provide where I design the artwork and then I have them printed onto linen package them up and sell them on to okay. the client. Brilliant. Um, so I did a job for Easy Hotel uh-huh. and through that as well, then I got uh, passed on to Johnson Castle. Brilliant. So again, it's a bit like yourself, Ali, if you do a commission for one person, somebody else comes into their house and goes, wow, that is amazing. Who did that? Ali Hart, yeah. there you go. There's a card. And do you have, so we have managed to as well, just talking about systems, like a very, we have, uh, price lists and different things and even now my workshops you know with corporate ones and with like I don't advertise hand parties but I have quite a few of them if people ask so things like that so same with your big commissions do you go into a pitch and then do you have like a, a pricing or do you price on the job or how do you go about that so I've never pitched for okay. the bigger jobs it's always been through recommendation of them seeing my work and they've asked me to do a job. Okay. Now, when I get asked to do a job, I have to ask them yeah. what is required, okay. what does it have to be painted on, yeah. or if it's a tea towel, you know, whatever it may yeah. be. And then I literally sit down and go, okay, I've to leave my house. I have to drive to a place. How long will that take? Yeah. Um, realistically, in preparation, how many hours will it take to prepare X, Y, and Z? Mm-hmm. I itemize everything in time. Okay. I add my hourly rate on yep. and I multiply that by how many hours I think the job's going to take okay. and then always extra for materials yep. and you will still undersell yourself. I know, I know, it's a hard one. And then it's you just, just email that through to whoever their person it, is. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, so that's the estimation and, um, and yeah, and that's basically how it works. And again, it's a bit like what you were saying before about pricing. It's something we have to learn and we have to talk about an awful lot more and be a bit more open about money mm-hmm. because this is a lot of the reasons why people get disillusioned um, of entering the creative industries. Yeah. Not an, There's no clear route to market. They don't mm-hmm. see enough people. They see illusions on, on Instagram of these beautiful pictures and them being so, so yeah. busy and whatever it may be. The nuts and bolts of how what they do on a daily basis and how they price jobs is an entire different topic. Yeah. And or I'm just really as well, I think, you know, you don't go into a shop and, you know, like you don't go into, I don't know, Versace and you say to the guy here, like, take 20% off that. Whereas I think we as creative, like, that's that's a given for me. Well, maybe well, I'll give you this, I'll give you this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like, it's that thing of, um, trying to just like I also a framer just said to me recently she's selling my work whatever and she said like I will not go below 15% because that actually undervalues everybody and they kind of and I thought that's a really good lit work like it's good to live by where sometimes mm-hmm. people buy too I do think there's always movement yeah but that's something you have to learn too like that uh confrontation nearly of someone who comes in and you know they want something but They'll all, I don't know, art's a very weird... It is, and again, um, I do have a bit of a strategy for that as well. It's sometimes, it can, 
it can make you a bit defensive yeah. because you nearly have to explain the, the work that's involved in yeah. that. But whenever I have a customer asking those questions, I say, you're just right. You're uh-huh. just right to ask. Unfortunately, I can't. Yeah. But I would definitely never discourage anybody to ask because yeah. why not? I know, true. Yeah. I do actually know someone, who, a girl who works in a shop in Lisbon Road. She says people do come in and ask for money off like retail like shots so and yeah so those are the customers you do want to well we were talking as well and um, dave um cavan and i that yeah there's um you often seem with like anybody that's attracted to your work in the end you get the right customer if you're putting out the right material which leads me on quite well to social media yes um i have a love-hate relationship with social media i encourage everybody to use it but um i think the, f- the worry is we're at a stage where everybody has a channel. I have this like thing about, you know, friends of channels, families of, you're like, but what is it about? It's just, I don't need to know every detail. So for me, it's very much a business tool. There's snippets of my life, but I keep it majority art. How do you, do you use it as a tool? Um, do these airports and the different people that you stock places, do they do a lot of marketing for you? Because I do think social media and marketing come hand in hand. This is my weakest subject. Okay. My weakest and my biggest struggle. But you're obviously coping okay without it. (laughs) That's the way I look at it. It's sort of like, yeah, whenever you break it all down, okay. So it's still working. But at the same time, there's no doubt that when you do put out the content and you do um, show people what you're working on, it generates a lot of interest. Yeah. So you are entirely right. I am well, so... It's where, the audi- it's where our audiences, I would say, because we're quite similar audiences, are. Yes. And I have to tell myself that in days that I don't want to do something or do and I think it's where my audience is, you know, on Instagram. It's access. Or on, yeah. It's access. And you're making it easy for your customers to be able to, to get in touch with you yeah. or whatever it may be. Um, I struggle a lot and I there's no rhyme or reason for it. Yeah. Um, again, uh, some people are... Business, I can't, it comes naturally to me, but yeah. with social media for whatever, I overthink everything. Okay. So, um, but I do really enjoy when you do put something out mm-hmm. and then you form these relationships with your customers yeah. because um, it's it's just a different way of It's a different funnel, isn't it? It's no, a different yeah. sales funnel, I think, yeah. because you know it might be three years people follow you and then eventually they come down to you at the market and the back. You know, it's that... And the other thing about it is, I mean, the people that I follow and the people who I listen to, they're they're mainly American. Right. They're mainly American. There's there's um one podcast, it's called Design Matters by Debbie Mill Mil- Milliman. Milman, I hope I've got her name right. Oliver Jeffers was on it recently. Okay. It's a, uh, an amazing podcast for anybody creative wise okay. because there's so many different pathways from musicians, photographers videographers designers illustrators right all on this podcast okay it's amazing and then marie forleo okay i don't know if you've heard of her another american um figure but she i invested in one of her courses if you're ever struggling with business and you are creative um it's an expensive course mm-hmm. but i invested in it at about six years ago and that's when my brilliant everything turned around yeah and like i'm the same with that and uh, like i do think courses investing in like business people like I had PR last year for a period of time through to March and it was a huge output like to the point where I wasn't having a wage you know like in some months it was the focus but it really helped me grow and everything as you said seasonal and dips and turns so that was the other thing I was going to ask you about was the um 
for me, I find there's times I just want more creativity. I feel like I never get enough, but that's, it's kind of sad. I'm, I'm mourning the fact that uh, even though I still don't get enough of it, like my youngest three now, you know, so mm-hmm. he's pushing towards nursery. But do you find there's times that you just crave, because we have to be malleable or we have to be um, interchangeable with the kids and whatever, and I know that's a decision we've both decided to do, to make, um, in our own families, do you find there's just times you just crave more family time or you crave more creativity? And how do you handle that? Like, do you just say like, right, someone's going longer to the childminder or, you know, I'm so, sitting out here to midnight. So, so true. So true. Um, yes, I crave more creativity all okay. the time. Yeah. Um, I actually get really grumpy yeah, and quite short Yeah. if I don't get enough creativity. Um, we have to be really disciplined. It sounds really boring. Every every tool that I have that I implement in my work and in my family life is basically organized. Yeah. It's Google Calendar. Over here I'm pointing to our lovely kitchen board here. Um, and again it's just in marker. I and know. Both Ben to. and I have to schedule out everything that we're doing. Yeah. Like Ben has filming days. Um, I have maybe a meeting with Ali that will yeah. be up on the calendar, <laughs> calendar it's yeah. really boring but I think for your mind to sort of um, to help with the anxiety that sometimes can the creep overwhelm, in yeah. and overwhelm um, I know lists are great but I put everything into Google Calendar and then I get a little reminder it's a bit like having a PA it goes you have meeting with Ali yeah. in 10 minutes ping and then you're like okay I'm on, I'm on schedule I'm yeah. great you know that's like yesterday we, we were um, when I was with on WhatsApp with you and you know, I think I think you'd forgotten someone was going away, and I just had a reporter ring me for an article in the paper, and I worked like really fluidly all day around the kids, and it was lovely. I was being like a mom and I was working with Gemma, and between Gemma and myself, we forgot that I had this reporter ringing me at midday, and I was in the car with the kids at the pool. It was just so fraught. But I and then like last night, I was putting things in my calendar, and I thought that's the one thing I didn't do last week was put that in my calendar. <laughs> Because I'm the same. There's always yeah. an alert. Alert? Yes, I need an alert. Yeah. And you're never going to get it right all the time. But I think all we can strive for is nearly okay. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're, if we're 75% of the way being organized, yeah. you know, that's okay. That's good enough for me. Um, but I always, my big thing is that I really want to get back down to the, the Belfast Print Workshop. Okay. Um, Just being in that environment with other artists. I know. Stick your headphones in and start printing that's yeah. what I'm really craving at the minute so I will be putting that in my calendar for next brilliant month. that's like last week I did a life drawing class in Crescent Arts wow. and it was just something I wanted to do so long um, got the kids sorted booked into it there was one day I didn't go because it was a male model and I just I had two commissions so I would rather <laughs> do but um, the those two hours every day was I didn't have any marketing to think about I didn't have anything to think about only like making which just is connecting just, uh, with the paper, yeah. isn't it? You know. And so tell me just about the kids and family life before we finish up, and then we can just do a little quote and different things you're reading. Okay. Um. So if you want to tell me, you don't have to. Um. So with the family, with yeah. High. Just it about works. them. So just oh, like yeah. you're, you're a mom of three. So. Mom of three. So Noah is thirteen. Yeah. Um. Arlo is four, and L is one and a half. And I can see out of three, three of my children, I remember you saying this with your boys uh-huh. as well. None of them really have taken the to creative. creativity. Yeah. <laughs> Arlo is our one shining light. I can see he has um, 
the little creative spark. He loves to draw. He loves to paint. Brilliant. So That's really, the middle really, child. He's the middle okay. child, yeah. So I'm really, really excited about that. Yeah. Whereas Noah and Elle, they're more interested in locks okay. and how things work and okay. super logical and very academic and very, you Brilliant. know. Yeah. yeah, but Arlo will hopefully be my little artist. And then you and Ben have been together quite a while then, have you? So 15 years. 15, yeah. We're yeah. 14. It's mad, isn't it? I know. Time flies. Mm-hmm. So Ben, yeah, he's a videographer so we're both creative in two different disciplines yeah um but again i just find it we understand how each other works brilliant we know that at nine ten o'clock if a deadline has to be done for the next day yeah tag team he has to go out for two hours mm-hmm. do what he has to do yeah and vice versa so brilliant. We, we work pretty well that way and are you reading anything at the minute business book novel anything um oh i i i did read a book eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. Such a random. That's what the line is. That's what the that's what title you call is. The book. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's in Eleanor. Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. I okay. probably pronounced that wrong. Okay. But it was um, it was an easy holiday read. It was a novel. Yes. Okay. It's it's an easy. But I I I geek out with my artist and illustrator magazine. That's my go to. Oh great! Okay. Yeah. I always yeah. think I should sign up to like one of those magazines. Oh. And whenever I go to London, you know, you go to like one of the cool hipster bookstores, and you're like, whoa, there's like a million portrait magazines, and but they're Maybe. like you know twenty quid for one, but they're beautiful. They would yeah. be a good coffee table book. But I get way laid thinking, oh, right, I'm going to start this. I'm going to buy this material and I'm going to do this. I, my studio is completely filled to the brim of all these things that I'm going to do. Do, I know. Well, that's how the best of us. And yeah. then children take over. Well, thank you for everything that you've shared. Um, it's very exciting for me to just hear about your story and how you're making it work. Can you share like a quote or a motto you live by? I know it's a bit corny, but I love this. Anything, whether like that could be family, life, spiritual, whatever you want. This is the first thing that's popped in my head and it's only because I have been following Marie Forleo and she has a book out at the minute that I have bought. It's out on the, on, in September. Everything is figureoutable. Okay. And that's her motto. And it's those three very simple words because it's true. <laughs> when you break, take away the emotion of everything, when you break it down, you go... Step one, what do you have to do right now, this yeah. precise second? And then everything else, if you just calm down the emotion, you, you can, can figure, figure it, out. it out. Yeah, brilliant. Well, thank you for sharing that. And people can find you on your website. Are you .org or .com? Flux, .com. Flaxfox.com. Um, and it's a great name. How did you come up with the name, actually? Tell me that before we finish up. Bridget and I playing about with words. Okay. Um, she drew a fox, and uh, it was a play with words. Flax for the linen. Okay. And uh, fox because it's a strong imagery. Um, interestingly, mine is um, a friend, Claire, and I have a, a podcast with called Voice Notes. She, we have like a symbol. For, we decided we'd do this universe thing. Like, I, I have faith, but we wanted to do this universe thing. So you had to have like a number and um, an animal and a fox was mine and the thing is then you just keep seeing it and I see foxes all the time like even I was out for a run on Sunday in Donegal and every um, roadwork sign on the back of it said fox so anyway. so it's nice to see flax fox today yeah, is yeah. on my thing well thank you and people can find you and then even though social media isn't your favourite they can still find you on Instagram yeah, and yeah. Facebook and yes. all the usual email email is also really good I know that's okay. very old fashioned but email is the best way to get it brilliant more details from it well thank you uh, it's been lovely to have you it was lovely to finally meet good. you as well. i know i know <laughs> good to see you right take care bye. bye bye 
I ended up the wrong way because it wasn't, this is not the first time I've met you, but what I was meant to say is it was lovely to finally have it's a chat. Totally fine, I know. We're, I'm saying this to myself. Thank you for listening today. Remember that you can subscribe and if you would like to leave a review, that would be brilliant. Also, you can find me on alihart.com and all different social medias. Thank you for listening and I will see you on the other side.